From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, well, welcome once again to another episode of The Revealing. Uh, I am Pastor Frank Savaggio. I'm here with my brother, Chris Wing. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad, but right. I could be better. Yeah. Some yeah things well, going on, but I, the Lord is good always. All right. Yes, uh, no doubt about that. If you're listening online, please do pray for our brother, Chris. Uh, he's definitely got some things going on in his life that uh, uh, that he needs some prayer about. Um, uh, nothing, I don't think, uh, spiritually the problem, just family stuff and uh, things that uh, need some prayer. Uh, but... Uh, all right. Well, here we are, another episode of The Revealing, and uh, we got an interesting topic we're going to bump into here. What do you think there, Chris? Yeah, it's one of them topics. <laughs> yes, it It's is. very, uh, quote-unquote, taboo or controversial, yes. for sure. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, so uh, we're, we're going to be talking about alcohol and the Bible. Oh. So there you go. We just dropped the bomb yep. right there. Um, one of those subjects where I think there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding, probably, Um yeah. Unfortunately, probably a lot of uh, misunderstanding that has led to m- false teaching on the oh, subject. For sure. And so what we want to do is we just kind of want to tackle this thing and uh, really just take a look at um, you know, what the Bible says about this. And right from the get-go, what we have to draw the line with is, is this. It's one of those subjects where unless you have a uh, – or have done a a, a deep enough study of biblical uh, terms, ideas, and thoughts uh, around this subject, um, you know, it can lead to some uh, uh, different ideas uh, of whether the Bible uh, is, is, is propagating alcohol usage or not. And uh, what, what we want to say is this, number one, uh, without conviction, absolutely 100%, and we are standing on this, uh, uh, no doubt, is that the Bible is definitely very clear about drunkenness. There's no doubt about that. Um, so uh, that's not our conviction. That's not uh, our, our principle or standard. Uh, that is what the Bible clearly states. Uh, it is uh, uh, definitely um, uh, stated, uh, you know, um, uh, Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. So uh, that's just one verse of, of, of plenty uh, that clearly uh, uh, depicts uh, drunkenness as, as a problem. Now, where some people might, uh, you know, try to uh, formulate their opinions on whether it's okay to drink alcohol or not is, well, okay, what if I don't get drunk? And so what we want to say from the get-go is it is a principle that is uh, something that we draw uh, when we bring in our personal convictions. There's no doubt about it. Um, You could swing this that way if you wanted to. We believe <laughs> that um, the moment that that drink touches your lips, uh, you have entered into a situation uh, that God is not pleased with. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to be clear about that up front. Um, you know, definitely drunkenness. But where do you draw the line of what is drunkenness 
and where do you draw the line of what is moderation? And that is why we would say you're better off not drawing the line uh, because um, once you do, uh, you know, now what other places are you willing to draw that line? And that's really what's at the heart of this and maybe why this is such uh, a quote-unquote controversial or, you know, uh, taboo kind of a, of a topic is because it, there's a lot of presuppositions that people have. And, and we've said this before many a time, pretty much all the time, almost every episode, you know, God's a God of words. Uh, he is the word and words have meanings. And we like to define them by our own standard uh, according to current societal, you know, dictates and whatnot. But the, the problem is that doesn't change God. It, it never has. And so people have their their preconceived notions about what drunkenness means or, or you know, el- you're not going to find the word alcohol in the Bible. When we talk about alcohol in the Bible, we're talking about wine. And people have their... Or strong drink yeah. is what... Uh, yeah. Um, context will drive the point. Um, no doubt. The meanings of the words will drive the point. And so we don't... And that's why what you just said is a very, very key thing, I think, in, in, in this topic is that where do you draw the line? Mm-hmm. And when we, quote unquote, are drawing lines, especially in something like this, it's very dangerous very quickly for us to make the determination of where we draw the line based on our uh, thinking about what words like drunkenness means. We, we have to... If we're claiming the Bible to be the authority and, and we in all matters in our in our lives, then we have to let God draw that line. We can't draw that line, you know. And so it's like you said, uh, it is a conviction as it should be, but the second you touch something like that, you're you've you, have you crossed the line? Is the question <laughs> right. because you're you're entering into a, a, a place where. It's going to be very, very easy if you haven't already crossed the line to cross that line, if I can say it like that. So this is a, this is a fine line, as it as it were, on, in this topic to begin with. So, well, and and here's the thing, right? And we must conclude that God believes that is important um, because there is 212 verses in the Bible that contain the word wine in it. Mm. And so now here's here's some facts, okay? 92% of those uh, references are found in a negative context. Uh, That's just a fact. Do what you want with that if you're listening, but that's just the truth of the matter. There are 364 verses in the Bible uh, that contain uh, the word or the idea of drunk or drunkenness. And then there are 17 verses that use the phrase strong drink. Uh, So I would say it's pretty clear that God has uh, something to say uh, about this topic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty clear that we want to make sure um, as Christians uh, that we listen to what God has to say about this topic. Absolutely. Um, Because it is, you know, that that's, that's, that's a lot. And obviously God's got something to say about it. <laughs> he does clear off quite a bit of space in both the Old and the New Testament to uh, paint us a nice picture concerning that. <laughs> sure. So what we want to do here is uh, from 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 uh, this is probably gonna, we're probably going to take this a, a couple sessions anyways, and probably the first thing that we need to address um, is this word wine. Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because I think there's a lot of misconce- misconceptions about it. 
uh, in that, uh, uh, you know, folks think that every time they see the word wine, it always is in reference uh, to an alcoholic beverage. The fermented kind. Right. And what we have to understand is, is that even even in uh, uh, today's, uh, you know, uh, society, um, and what I mean by that is, you know, the last three, four hundred years, the word didn't always mean uh, an alcoholic beverage. Sure. Um, so now, now if we're going to use the the King James Bible as a standard, and that's what we're going to go by, uh, you know, in 1611, uh, when the translators uh, translated uh, into the English version of the AV 1611, um, you know, when they used the word wine, it did not always nece- necessitate an alcoholic beverage. There are times that it could have could have necessitated. It could have been. Uh, um, a, a word that was being used for the freshly squeezed uh, uh, grape juice. Well, most of the time, the context will reveal. No doubt. You know, no doubt. The vast majority of the time, in fact. Um, so, um, if you're listening right now, and we're not gonna, we're not going to jump into this yet. But case in point, uh, John chapter two, mm. uh, where Jesus turned the water into wine. Well, uh, you know, a lot of Christians, unfortunately get their bias to it's okay to drink wine uh, mm-hmm. based on that chapter. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to show you, <laughs> if you're just willing to do a little Bible study and just doing a little uh, word search, what we're going to show you is, is that, um, that, that, that that word wine in John chapter 2 uh, was not the alcoholic mm-hmm. use of the, usage of the word. Uh, matter of fact, it clearly was the uh, the usage of the word that uh, is the freshly squeezed grape juice. So um, that's one of those things where just because you see a word in the Bible, don't assume you know what it means. Right. Because you know, even here in America, prior to nineteen twenty, uh, that word in the Webster's Dictionary didn't always mean alcoholic beverage. It wasn't until. Technically, it still doesn't. The, the meaning still hasn't changed, but it's just the pre- preconceived notion that we have every time we hear wine, we think liquor, right. <laughs> alcohol. Right. Yeah. And so, what we want, what what you know, coming right out the gun here, what you what you need to understand is is that in the Bible, just because mm. you see that word wine, right. do not just assume right. that it is a liquored form of it. <laughs> because... It's called the one wine theory you have going on out there, where everybody yeah. thinks that as soon as you read that word wine, it's always a fermented. The fermented kind with alcohol, so and and it just isn't. That's just not the case all all the time. Well, and that's that's so that's the 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 case of the point. <laughs> and that, okay, so we want to get get that out of there, get all those things kind of off the uh, uh, off our chest right to, right from the get go. And now what we want to do is let's kind of take a uh, a step back and let's let the Bible start to unveil for us or, or reveal. <laughs> I like how I dropped that. There you go. Uh, reveal nice. for us uh, some some of the uh, important uh, points to this subject. Um, you've heard us talk a lot about the law first mention, and uh, and we do believe that that uh, is a very important teacher in the Bible. And so, with that being said, let's uh, let's talk about the law of 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 first mention. In the aspect that the first time that we refer to the word wine, if I'm correct, is in uh, 
uh, Genesis chapter number nine. And that is when Noah, um, he, uh, he was a husbandman in the, in the, uh, in his vineyard. He planted a vineyard, right? And through that, uh, obviously, uh, he grew grapes, um, somewhere along, along the line, he must've, uh, those grapes must have fermented, <laughs> and uh, Noah had a little uh, uh, episode with some uh, wine, uh, which is the alcoholic kind, mm-hmm. and uh, and we know that because it flat out says there in the very first time that is mentioned in Genesis nine twenty one, and he drank of the wine Noah did and was drunken, uh, and he was uncovered within his tent. Uh, so okay, so the very first time we uh, we hear uh, this word. Uh, uh, wine in the Bible, uh, it is associated associated with something uh, with drunkenness, yeah. and of course, uh, a very uh, bad event happens that causes God to curse uh, one of the boys. And it's also the first time you see the word drunken, right? Both in the same verse there, right? So, okay. So, with that being said, that should set the tone uh, for uh, the rest of the Bible when it comes to what God thinks. Uh, at, at minimum, about drunkenness. Uh-huh. <laughs> at least we got that down right mm-hmm. now. Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's no doubt about it that uh, uh, what ends up happening here is uh, one of the boys comes in, sees sees dad drunk, does some sexual activity to dad mm-hmm. that he should not have done, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, obviously God turns around and curses uh, that particular boy, and 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 that curse, you know, goes far far. Beyond yeah. just what happened to to him, he couldn't curse his son because God had blessed all his sons. So right. he cursed his grandson, right. Can- Canaan. Right, and you know about the Canaanites. So again, that just further pushes the point home to how this whole thing got started was by a drunken episode, and all of Canaan is cursed. Right, and that and and that was that obviously was the uh, child the the, the child uh, Ham. Just so we're uh, clear on that. <clears throat> all right, so uh, again. Uh, is all wine in the Bible the same? Um, and that's kind of what we're, we're we're looking at. So, Chris, um, I know you did a a fabulous study for us uh, a couple of years back on this subject, and I think you did a a uh, look at the words that are used in the Bible for wine. Can you mm-hmm. kind of walk us through a little bit of that and uh, help our listeners get a get a feel for for some of those uh, uh, key understandings? Yeah. So. In the Old Testament, and uh, you're going to find two in, in Hebrew, and you're going to find two particular words that were used uh, to describe what wine is, and, in, and that would be tirash and yayin, two types of, uh, two different words. And, and remember, God's a God of words, so when he uses particular words for particular things, they carry a particular meaning. He's very specific about things like that. And again, the context will drive that point home. Um, and in the Greek, in the New Testament, he uses also two words, uh, glucose and oinos, for the word wine. And then also you have in the Old Testament where it talks about strong drink, mm-hmm. that phrase strong drink, mm-hmm. uh, which is also associated with uh, fermented wine. And so obviously why is this important? Because knowing that God uses different words for wine, mm-hmm. and the Bible tells us that immediately right off the bat, not all wine in the Bible is the same. Right? We talked before in the past about kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven, where people like to make those the same thing. Well, he's using two different words, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven, so clearly they're two different things. 
just from a, a little easier for us to see because in <clears throat> the English we see the difference of the words makes it a little bit more difficult because we don't see sure. the difference unless we look <clears throat> under the the underlying word. But but your the point different is still words. valid. Yeah, but the point is still there's still different words. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't find the word alcohol in the Bible at all mm-hmm. uh, because that that word didn't come around until uh, the 14th century, um, and so that's why you have to look at the word wine and. Um, to know what God's talking about. Um, so, okay. <clears throat> he uses different words, and they mean different things, and the context will obviously draw, tell us what type he's talking about. Um, but, you know, when we look at this thing of, of wine, and we say, okay, if there's two different words, then, then, there, then there's different meanings to it. Um, and obviously, what is the fermented wine? That's the alcoholic wine. And so you're not going to find alcohol in the Bible. You're going to find you know we're talking about fermented wine, okay? Um, and so that word ferment, it means a commotion or excitement, okay? So you consider the fermentation that turns a juice or grain into alcohol as a result of, of an agitated development of bacteria, but that's what's happening when something is getting fermented. Basically, at the root of it all, when something is being fermented, it's being allowed to rot. This is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, just the process by which the alcohol or w- alcoholic wine is is pr- produced immediately out of the gate, we know is is not a good thing. It's it's something that is rotten. It's something that has been allowed to to ferment and rot. Okay, and so that's why when you read uh, in the Bible when when God's talking about that type of wine, it's in a negative connotation. It's it's something that is not good. You see that in the law first mentioned that we just covered in Genesis. That's mm-hmm. the kind of of wine he drank, the stuff that was allowed to ferment, to rot, to go bad, basically, and that's the, the byproduct of which is an ethyl ethyl alcohol. That's how it becomes uh, fermented and alcoholic. Um, I'm just trying to drive p- the point home here that when God does use these different words, you have to understand what He's talking about when it comes to the fermented wine and what alcohol is. You, you we have to have an understanding of what that is, okay? Otherwise, we're just gonna gloss over these things, if you will. Um, Alcohol is a neurotoxin. It is poison from the start. It's never anything else. So it affects your body and your brain immediately when you consume it, right from the get-go. And if the law first mentioned tells us anything, it tells us obviously that that type of wine is alluded alluded to as drunkenness. This is what we're seeing start to develop right out of the of, of the gate in the Word of God as how he views that type of wine that is alcoholic, that is fermented. Just knowing from a quote-unquote scientific standpoint, if you will, what alcohol is, that it is a poison and neurotoxin, and that that is what Noah consumed, and you see the outcome of that, gives us the indication of what God thinks about that product, if you will. And, you know, if you're, if you're listening, uh, you know, so um, we might say something, you know, uh, how many times have I heard this, right? Well, it just relaxes me. Right there, that proves the point. It does. Uh, the fact that uh, it's relaxing you is proving that it's doing something to your brain. <laughs> okay. And your body. Yeah. Right. So, um, so then the question might become now is, is okay, uh, does, uh, do, do I just, can I, is it okay for me to take en- enough sips to make it relax me? What would you say to that? Personally, me? Yeah. Well, I mean, what would you say to that? Well, my conviction okay. would be that it, it's not good because I know 
that it is poison, and that is part of the effect of that poison. We determine that as something that is good well, because and, I'm relaxed by right. drinking and that. And it is proving that it is doing something is negatively ma- to your sure. body. We just look saying, at it you're that saying, as a good thing. You're saying, I'm relaxed. Yeah. Well, okay. And then it, what happens if you continue to do it? Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. It's, so that's where the line comes in again that we talked about earlier. You've now gotten yourself into a place where there's danger around the corner. Because I don't know, listen, I'm going to admit to to all of our listeners, like most people, I, I used to drink before I was walking with the Lord. And there's not one time when I would drink that stuff where I wouldn't, quote unquote, by man's standard, take it too far. If you can put it in, the line has already been crossed. The second you put it to your face, you're crossing a line. Mm-hmm. Because what's right around the corner? Sure. You're, you're going to go further. You know, that's just ma- human nature. That's where the conviction comes in that you were talking about, and that's why this is such a uh, you know controversial topic. Is because at what point have you crossed the line from touching it at all, or or not, or just a little? You know what I mean? Um, and again, we've just started just started to scratch the surface of what, what God says about this right from the law of first mention. It's immediately the first time it's mentioned in a negative connotation. That type of of fermented wine, that alcoholic wine. You got to do with this what you want, and at the end of the day, I guess, but. You know, and, and I don't think our position here is to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do in, in, in this this realm. But again, we just want to show what the Word of God sure. says. So I think when a lot of people um, talk about or, or think about this subject, then then you know, there's you come on one side of one or two two fences. I I don't know that I think that there are a lot of Christians that'll go, oh yeah, it's okay to get drunk. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I don't know that we need to go there. Um, so then what happens is you come down to the two different viewpoints that mm-hmm. most Christians are going to hold, and that is uh, moderation or, or abs- being abstinent from it, right? Yeah. So let's let's talk about um, what is moderation, and let's try to get a, a biblical understanding uh, of that. So uh, again, if you're if you're uh, believing that you can drink alcohol, wine, uh, and in moderation, um, what you're saying is, is that God condemns the abuse, but not the use. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to drink alcohol in moderation. So, uh, Chris, can you explain to us why, why is uh, why is understanding the difference between the two? Um, obviously, we're going to stand here and we're going to say, you know, we we hold the position of abstinent, being abstinent from alcohol. Mm. And what that means is God condemns the use of alcohol altogether. Uh, it's not okay to drink at all. Mm. Uh, so um, why talk about moderation and then talk about um, what, you know, how that uh, how that works and, 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 and how, the, what, how the Bible talks about that. Okay. Yeah. And you, and you made a, a good uh, point on, on what that means is that God... He, you know, in moderation, God condemns the condemns the abuse of it, but not the use of it. So, and that's where a lot of, like you said, Christians will will rest to their hat is that God's a, a God of moderation when it comes to alcohol. But the problem with that, and again, you come out on this where where you where you want to come out on this, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to go with what the Bible teaches or the the picture that God paints. You know, you're not. We were talking about this before. You know, you're not going to find that one magical verse, right? That says. Thou shalt not drink. Sure. <laughs> You've got to put the scriptures but together. But you also don't find that magical verse that says... It's okay to drink. You don't find it either way, right. I guess. <laughs> but, um, okay, so we're talking about moderation. Uh, if God is going to teach us that moderation is a good thing or it's okay, you think you'd find that in the Word of God, yeah? 
I mean, that, that's what I would think. Well, okay, he's going to teach us that moderation is good. But what's interesting is that you only find that particular word used one time. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, in Philippians chapter 4, and verse, verses 5 through 9, verses five, verse 5 is where you find that word, where he says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And in the context of these verses, as you read through to verse 9, he's talking about, I mean, I could read them, but, you know, we might be here for a little bit. He says, be careful for nothing in verse 6. In other words, don't, you know, be anxious for anything. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving may your request be known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he says in verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, honest, just, uh, and so on and so forth. He gives us this list, and he even puts the word virtue in there. He says to think on these things. Um, and so the context that that particular word is used in has nothing to do whatsoever with drinking wine of any kind. Um, and, and the word itself doesn't even mean what we think it means, is how we use it. Um, we think of moderation as in you... you you take in moderation or something, whatever it's alcohol or something else. But the word in in the Bible, um, so we 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 look at the word as the the quality of being moderate, restraint, avoidance of extreme and excess. But God's word teaches that that word means to be gentle and patient. So that has nothing to do with. It has nothing to do with it, right? You know, so if God's going to teach us that moderation when it comes to this is drinking is something that He's for. You think that you would find a whole lot of, at least something, uh, and the very word itself is used that one time, and it doesn't even have the the connotation or, or meaning um, that we know the word to be in, in our language today. So clearly, right out of the gate, that that has to you have to do something with that. I, I don't know where you want to come out on that or not, but you have to do something with that because when we think of drunkenness, we think of it in terms of. At some point, you arrive at at being drunk. So we're, we've just well, and I think you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but who gets to determine when exactly. someone's drunk and when someone's not? That's the line again. And so how do we how do we how do we define? Oh, it, it, when you get a buzz, are you drunk? What is that? You I know, mean, you know, because in our in our in our world today, I would say that if someone's got a buzz, <laughs> they're not drunk. But right, but they got a buzz, which means right? what? Well, I, that's what we're trying to figure out, right? So the question is now, not necessarily how do we view that, how does God view that? Mm. And and again, I think the danger we run into is where do we draw the line? And I think whenever you have a situation where you're putting a line on the ground, <laughs> and you're becoming the Authority. The authority yeah. over where that line, because you know what we will tend to do. We'll push the line a little we'll further. We'll always push the line a little further. <laughs> right. And that's where I think this, this subject becomes so... Controversial. Yeah. And, yeah. I th- and not only controversial, but I think it becomes so so obvious to me that, you know what, <laughs> why would you even want to draw the line? It's easier not to draw the line, just, hey, don't drink. <laughs> and again, we got to let God draw the line. And determine whether we're going to cross it or not. Because like you said, if, if we draw the line, we're going to push it. While the line gets pushed a little further, a little further, or we just flat out cross it and, sure. and people just don't care. Sure. But and, and, and that's really the key behind what you just said. At, at what point does do does a person get drunk? We have to now define that. 
now we're no longer relying on what God says. We're determining what that is and what it isn't. Sure. That, that's where you've already crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Your thinking is already askewed and you've already crossed the line before you've even done anything. Mm-hmm. If you have to stop and think for on those terms, mm-hmm. you are now the authority and God is no longer the authority. Sure. Um, you know, so drunkenness, I, I'd like to take a look at that particular word if we could, as we associate it to uh, moderation. And in Galatians in chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, it says this, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, and this is where we're talking about in the context of the fruit of the Spirit and the lust mm-hmm. of the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. That Those great old verses. And so he says, after the fruit of the Spirit, he goes into, and the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now listen, God, through Paul many times, has given us many lists of things. He's constantly giving us lists, and I like it how God does that, because he's flat out telling us, these are the good things, these are the bad things, stay away from them, Right? when he gives us these lists. And so he does it here in in Galatians chapter five. And so when he's talking about the flesh, the work of the flesh, he says it's these things, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders. Would we say all those things are bad? Mm -hmm. Nobody would ever have any problem saying, oh yeah, we don't want anything to do with that. As Christians, we should not have anything to do with any of those things. But then look at the next one. He says, drunkenness, revelings, and such the like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's pretty heavy, right? No doubt. And so in this list, he gives us all these things that by today's standards we wouldn't have any problems with saying are bad but then for some reason put your moderation hat back on because if we're going to say god is teaching us that moderation is a good thing when we're talking about alcohol he also puts that word drunkenness in this list of things and so what we're so can we moderately be adulterers there we go can we moderately be adulterers that's can what you're bringing the question be, can we moderately have uh seditions or heresies or envy i mean can we moderately murder somebody <laughs> So you see how ridiculous it becomes? Mm-hmm. Right out of the gate, you've got to do something with that. This is why, for me, personally, mm-hmm. I my conviction is that I have a problem with drinking alcohol at all. It's because this is what you're really bringing into question. Again, you got to come out on this thing wherever you decide. But again, if you're going to let the God, God's word be the authority, you, you have to do something with this. Moderation means it's okay to do something a little, by today's standards, not God's, we've already defined the words. Sure. By today's standards, it means it's okay to do something a little bit, not a lot, not in, in excess, which means you have to take that logical thinking all the way to its end, mm-hmm. right? If we're going to we're going to start at a starting point, we've got to take it to its logical end. Sure. And if we're doing that with moderation as it, can, as it pertains to alcohol, we've got to do something with this. We have to take it to its logical end. And so what you just said, uh, Pastor, is, is major, it's key. Can you a little bit, moderately, do any of these other things? It's ridiculous to think it. We'd say no. But for some reason, when we get to drunkenness, well, that's where we want to insert moderation. And, and you got to do something with that. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so that, that's where I come out on that. I, I think God's Word clearly shows us that as it pertains to this, He's, he's not keen on that moderation thing. Um. I don't know. What, what do you think? No, I agree with you. Um, you know, I think that, that um, for those uh, who may teach that uh, or think that moderation 
uh, is uh, is okay, uh, you know, number one, here's the danger, right? Like, okay, so as a pastor, like if I was going to stand at the pulpit and tell people it's okay to dr- moderately drink, here's my issue with that, okay? Number one, um, I may be giving somebody who has a problem. A free pass. A free pass. Yeah. And thinking... I, you know, okay, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I legitimately can drink moderately, whatever that means. Maybe I, I legitimately can, but that doesn't mean everybody else in my congregation can. And I think, you know, once you go down that path, you know, drinking alcohol, I mean, it's a narcotic. It is a, it's a neurotoxin, it's poison. It's a, and it is, it is a, uh, uh, an addiction. People have alcohol addiction. Absolutely. And so, you know, for all of those reasons, just to think of it, okay, can I smoke moderately? You know, I, I would say, you know, can I take drugs moderately? <laughs> you know, um, listen, I mean, where, again, where do we draw the line? Yeah. Um, you know, to me, anything that is going to alter your mind uh, in any way, shape or form uh, has to be the works of the flesh. It is. And, and that's a key thing that you said, if it, if it alters your mind, because God's very clear on this thing of, of being sober-minded. He talks about well, no being doubt. sober-minded. He even uses the word sober in that when he's talking about being sober-minded. So if you're taking something like alcohol or any other kind of narcotic or drug that's going to alter your mind, clearly just looking at how God teaches that we're to be sober-minded and to have the mind of Christ, we're already crossed that line there too. So as you're, if you're going to look at where we where do we draw the line, you have to you have to think about all of these different areas. You have to come at it at these different these different areas. Being sober minded uh, is another is another area you've got to. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ. Sure, is that what he did? To me, to me, I think that when you bring this word moderation into the equation when we're talking about drinking alcohol. Uh, to me, I think you've entered into what I would call the gray area. Yep. Um, you know, because, again, there's no way to determine what is moderate. It could be different for you than it is for me, and now you've... There's just no, there's no way to determine that. And I think that is where now we become our own authority, and yep. I think when we land in those areas... Nowhere in the Bible on any other subject do I see where God is is okay with us being the moderator <laughs> of of the uh, you know what we can and cannot do. God is very clear uh, in so many in all other areas. I can't I, I I can't I mean I'm trying to think, but I I could be wrong, but I just can't think of anything else where man um, we have. And I want to stress, we have allowed moderation to enter into the equation mm-hmm. where God's not very clear uh, on one side or the other, especially when God is, in my, in my humble opinion, he's he's very black and white you about know, everything. He's not a God of author of confusion. And to me, if we start bringing moderation into the equation, he becomes the author of confusion because yeah. now we're confused on a subject that I think, uh, uh, you know, um, gosh, what do we do with that? You know, and all I know is the last time I checked what God thought about the gray area. Mm. Uh, and, and and I think Revelation 3 is very clear on that. Very clear. Uh, what he thinks about the gray area. Either you're hot or you're cold. 
Uh, if you're going to live in the gray area, I mean, Jesus literally says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He calls it being lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, if you're listening and you believe that it's okay to drink alcohol moderately, um, okay. Um, however, uh, I would just humbly ask you, um, you know, where is your verse or verses to prove that? And if you start jumping to verses that mention the word wine and just think because it mentioned the word wine as your, uh, your basis, uh, I would humbly say, well, make sure you're clear on what that word usage is in that particular situation, because I'm going to bet you <laughs> with a lot of, <laughs> and, and I don't think we should gamble either, uh, but, but, but I'm going to say, bet <laughs> I'm going to tell you, man, I don't think you're, I, I think you've probably misrepresented that word uh, for just jumping to the idea that it's talking about alcoholic when it's not. Yeah. We listen and we're all guilty of it. I know I am too. We, we enter into God's word a lot of times without even thinking about it with a preconceived notion. Um, just because, you know, the world is ingrained in us so so deeply that once we start reading it, we're already thinking about it from a particular standpoint, and we just insert that in sure, <laughs> automatically. Sure. Okay, so we talked about uh, folks that may come come on, along the line of moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, we've given at least enough evidence to say, okay, well, God doesn't even associate moderation <laughs> His definition of moderation isn't even the same as as, right. as ours, but but uh, there's there's no clear definitive verses in the Bible that would say drinking alcohol moderately is is acceptable. Mm. I don't know that we could we could say that at all. Um, now, what we could do uh, is is. Uh, uh, say okay. Well, what about those that st- that stick on the same uh, or are on the, uh, the the line of thinking of of of, of abstinence? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's talk about that, uh, Chris. Go go ahead, shoot us. Let's go with that. Okay. Well, uh, to abstain from something simply means you you don't do it at all. Um, and and clearly we've seen you know as we've seen God just in the and looking in those lists that we were just talking about from the standpoint of drunkenness. Uh, he he likened all those things that were around that list to the works of the flesh, and so we have to take that very seriously because God's very poignant on the works of the flesh being what is sinful, what is wrong, and what is that you were to stay away from and what we're not to do at all. Um, that's why He tells us those things in the way that He does, is that because that's what we're supposed to abstain from. That um, He even tells us in First Thessalonians five twenty two. Yeah, and I think this is a big one. <laughs> to flat out abstain from all appearance of evil. And as we've defined what alcohol is from a very basic, clear, quick scientific standpoint, we know that it is something that is impure, that it is unclean. It is the product of something that is allowed to ferment and rot. It is an unclean thing. Anything that's impure, anything that's unclean, and you can't argue that the fermenting process of something is impure and unclean. Yeah, it it just that is. You just can't argue that. I don't care where you stand on this. If you try to argue that, you're, you're, you're... you're trying to argue for something from a, a standpoint of you're trying to prove a point that you're wrong about, because <laughs> <laughs> listen, just to put a fine point on it. I, I mean, it's just the reality of it. And when 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 Paul says abstain from all appearance of evil, um, you know, listen, uh, it's a lot packed into very. I don't short know. Verse. <laughs> I don't know very many good things that have come from people drinking alcohol. 
I've seen a whole Never lot of bad things. Never has in my life. I've seen a whole lot of bad things come from uh, yeah. it. So you cannot say it does not have an appearance of evil because it does. I've seen people get raped. I've seen people get murdered. I've seen people get in you know, car accidents and killed you know, people drinking and driving. I've seen all kinds of situations. I've seen people's lives get completely uh, uh, derailed from alcoholism. Like it is, it is an appearance of evil. You, you, you cannot say that it's not. Well, I can drink moderately. I, I, it's still an appearance of evil because evil has come from it. Mm. There's no doubt about it. And um, although I understand what somebody might say, well, evil has come from Jesus. Well, if people have uh, used Jesus' name like the Roman Catholic Church did, killing millions of people, I, I, that's different. However, because we're talking about a person and how somebody viewed that person and used it for their own gratification or whatever it is. This this, this is an actual substance. Mm. This is an actual uh, 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 thing that when you partake of it, does something to you. Mm-hmm. Whether it's one sip or 10 sips, mm-hmm. it just does. And so... Um, I, I do think that there is a, a realm of, of, uh, um, of evil that comes with it. Sure. And, and clearly 90% of the time in the Bible, God does too, because as I already stated, um, uh, of all the different, uh, 90% of the time, the word, uh, wine, it shows up in the Bible, uh, something bad is happening. Right from the first mention. So that, that, that's evil. Would you say, yeah. would you say when, when Noah got drunk that yeah. what happened was evil? I would say, yes, it was. Some, nothing good came out of that. Nothing good came out of it. <laughs> Whatsoever. So, um, uh, again, uh, so to abstain from something, uh, is, is obviously, uh, uh, not what to do it God's at all. calling for, y- yeah, right. Um, and to abstain is to be uh, sober, right? Uh, so, so if we're going to talk about, okay, l- l- let's talk about this. So, it, 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 if I'm sitting here and you're sitting here, I got a glass of wine, you don't, and I take a sip of my wine and you don't. You take your sip of Diet Pepsi, or whatever. Uh, who's the one that can say at this point? Even though I just took one sip, who's the one that could say I am pure, purely sober? Like the one who did not take it. Okay, so yeah, it's obvious. I took a drink, so I'm not. Whether you think it or not, whether you can feel it or not, it has done something. Right. It might be that may be true at that point in time. What it did may be small, mm-hmm. but it did something. You yeah. are not completely sober anymore. And and you might think that we're we're, you know, nitpicking here, if you will. But listen again. Just take it from, you know, a, a scientific, if you will, standpoint, mm-hmm. a non-biblical standpoint. It, it, it's still the same thing. We've we've talked about just you know briefly that alcohol is a poison. Ethyl alcohol is poison. That's where the term "pick your poison" comes from. When people talk about alcohol, well, what's, pick your poison. It is poison. It is a neurotoxin mm-hmm. from start to finish. At no point is it anything else. And so the second you take one sip of it, you're, you're sipping poison, and it's going to have an effect on you. Whether you see those effects physically or not, it immediately has an effect on you. It's a neurotoxin. It goes straight to the brain. Alcohol is very, very powerful. That's why it doesn't take much before there are physical effects, because it's immediately having an effect on your body from a physical standpoint, from the very first sip, from the very first drop. 
is so it doesn't matter if we can see the effects of it, what we determine drunkenness as, like you just said, it immediately begins to have an effect, whether you see it or not. And that's just from the first sip. And so what does, what does, could you tell us, what does the Bible say about being sober? Okay. Right. So if you want to go to Titus 2.6, it says that young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded. And so, and then 1 Peter 1.13, he says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, you know, we talked about don't you have to abstain from all appearance of evil in First Thessalonians. Alcohol is this unclean thing. He, we're also called in First Peter one to be holy. He says to be holy for as because it is written, "Be holy, for I am holy." So we have to uh, we have to let God tell us what He's talking about here, and He's saying that you know if you're if you're going to abstain completely from any appearance of evil, the the opposite of that is you got you're going to be pure and holy because that's what I'm calling you to be. Mm-hmm. And so when He starts to talk about being uh, sober-minded and uh, girding up the loins of your mind to be sober. He's uh, he's putting these things in the in the context of our minds. Well, what were we just talking about? As soon as you take alcohol, what is it? A neurotoxin. It's a particular kind of poison, a neurotoxin, which means it affects your brain. Oh, that's interesting. And God li- literally calls us to be sober-minded. It's like he's almost directly addressing this and you know what i mean like not just being sober from what we would say sober is but be sober minded and that's what alcohol does it affects your brain immediately as a neurotoxin and he's calling us to be sober minded because he also says that we are in first peter 4 7 but the end of all things is at hand be therefore sober and watch unto prayer so sobriety of the mind is associated now also with prayer in first peter 5 8 he says be sober be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Well, if we're not sober in mind and, and we're not going to be in the right state for prayer, we're also not going to be able to recognize our enemy, the, the devil, uh, who's roaring lion trying to devour us at all times. If we're not sober-minded, that's what's going to happen. Uh, we're playing with something when we're, when we're playing with this alcohol and thinking it's okay to drink a little bit, immediately it's affecting our mind, which is supposed to be at all times sober and to be also the mind of Christ. We're told to put his, his mind on and to have his mind. So if we're drinking this stuff, whether it's a little or a lot or wherever you want to call it, you're immediately now entering into a realm of having your mind being perverted and it's not going to be sober anymore at all. So the next question I think that would be worthy to a- to ask, and we can probably end on this. Um, and 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 again, uh, you know, uh, listen, we're just we're just giving you our conviction on this. Um, but you know, I, I don't think there's any question that the Bible is very clear that drunkenness is is uh, is wrong. Uh, so you know. Uh, the, I think where you, if you're listening, where you have to determine for yourself where you want to draw that line is, uh, do you believe the Bible is 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 okay with b- moderate drinking? Um, and, and 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 I think what we're trying to tell you is, well, if if that is true, then what you are now doing is you're putting the ability to discern uh, what is moderate and what is not into your hands mm-hmm. and taking it out of God's hands. And again, 
when you take a, a beverage uh, that has alcohol in it uh, and you touch it to your lips, you are, you are from the moment you touch your lips, you have put poison into your, into your body. Um, but, you know, I, I think of like 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Um, that talks about, you know, where Paul says, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, be not, be not deceived fornication, idolaters, adulterers, effeminates, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, extortioners. And he, he, he goes on, uh, that these, 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 these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he's calling all of these, these things unrighteous. Mm-hmm. Um, so no doubt he, he says drunkards uh, is, is, is unrighteousness. Uh, and then now just to kind of put a bow on top of this, okay, First uh, John 5, 17 uh, says all unrighteousness is sin. So um, here's the thing you have to be very, very careful with. Be careful of making sure that if you do believe drinking alcohol in moderation is okay, be sure you understand. But if you cross that line, whatever that line may be, <laughs> it is sin. Uh, and so it's clearly God sees it that way. And that there is a very clear verse that tells us that uh, for whatever it's worth, there is a point of drinking that becomes sin, when is it, is what we're asking. Is it when we're drunk? Or is it the moment we put that drink to our lips? Um, that's and, really the question. Well, that's the question. But, but, but my, the point that I wanted to make was, this isn't just a, uh, uh, a question to be, well, you know, yeah, whatever. No, because wherever that line is, it's sin. And obviously, I don't think that we would argue that God's got a problem with sin. And whenever, you know, I, I think the reason why people are okay with arguing moderation today is because really we, are, we argue moderation with sin. Let's stop and think about that. You know, well... Just a white lie is no big deal. We do we do it with all kinds of things. We we are very good at moderating our sin, and this is just another example of what we're willing to do and how far we're willing to go to moderate our sin. Sure. And you know, I I would say okay is 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 a moderate lie okay. You know, I don't serve a moderate God. You know, we got. If you're gonna start down those paths, man, you got to start going down all the paths. But the point of that is, is that as we said before, and I don't want to, I I don't mind driving this point home. Okay, who becomes the standard? The second you you enter into that moderation thing, you you automatically you become the standard. Sure. Because if because if God is about moderation on this particular topic, then you you have no clear line. At any point, when if moderation becomes the thing, there's no clear line anymore. Now it's well, different for you than it is for me. At some point, I become drunk, but where I become drunk, you might not become drunk, and so now it's different for everybody. And we've entered into a confused a state of confusion. Well, I would say 
like you said before, with the other list, let's talk about this First Corinthians six list, right? Okay. When, when do we cross the line of fornication? <laughs> exactly. You have to take what, that. <laughs> what, I mean, when do we cross the line of idolatry? Yeah. When do we cross the line of well? I just thought about her. I didn't really actually do it. Mm. Is that is that when you cross the line, or or just because you thought about it, you, we start to formulate our own opinions of what is moderation, <laughs> or when we cross the line and when we didn't. Yeah, and I think that's why I would say, listen, um, be careful with that. Because what if you thought moderation all this time was a good thing? You end up in front of the Lord and you find out that moderation wasn't a good thing. And, you know, you're I'd gonna rather, have to deal with that. I'd rather err on the side of safety and say, you know what, I'm just not going to do that at all. I mean, I think there's clearly enough evidence. Uh, you know, when ninety percent of the Bible that talks about the word wine is in a negative connotation, I would say. Okay, that seems to me like there's enough evidence to go, maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> and as we continue on and actually start digging into particular verses and passages of Scripture that talk about wine and the context in which they're used, you'll see God uses that particular fermented wine in a particular picture. Yeah, he does. And and it's very bad. Yes. So, you know, as we continue forward, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. But again, you know, this, this thing is... Uh, this is why it's controversial, y'all. Uh, this is one of those things where... If you're sitting in the realm of moderation, you're you're already in an unsettling state to be in. Uh, drunkenness and wine. Drunkenness is not a point that you reach. It, it's the act of imbibing that fermented wine altogether. Like we said, the second you put that to your lips, it's poison from the start, start to whatever degree you take it to. And he do, God doesn't tell us that there is a point that we reach, then it becomes wrong. He doesn't say you're good up to this point, but as soon as you get to this, well, now it's a sin you've crossed over. God is a God of one side or the other, uh, hot or cold. You know what I mean? That's what we talk about. There's no lukewarm. He's a God of absolutes, not uh, confusion. It's absolutely this way. Therefore, it is absolutely not this way. There is no in-between with God. At no point is he a moderate God. So you don't reach the point of sin when you've gone to this point. It's either this is sin from the get-go or this is not. Right. And 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 I think we'll close with with again the verse that we kind of started with, that Proverbs 20 verse 1 uh verse. Uh again, if you think it's drunkenness, that's the that's the point. Well, uh again, as you just said, well, okay, but where is that line? Where 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 do we draw that line? What is drunkenness? I mean, we can't we can't define what drunkenness is in the Bible. In other words, I, I don't know what it means to be drunk in the Bible. Except to say that God says it's not good. Right. So, so stay away from so it. <laughs> when it says, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise, didn't say nothing about drunkenness there. It said wine is a mocker and strong drink is a, is ranging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise um it's a it's a touchy subject we're going to talk more about it next time mm -hmm. uh we're going to hit some pretty important ones we're going to definitely hit john chapter two you definitely sure. going to want to listen to that one right. uh because that's uh, to me in my opinion that's a big one because anytime i ever talk to uh, uh whether they're christian or not and they talk about drinking John chapter 2 is what everybody knows. Well, Jesus turned 
water and wine. Yeah. And, and so let's talk about that next time. Uh, hope you join with us and uh, we'll, 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 we'll catch you then. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.